there's so many Christians out there that are trying to take it into their own hands, you know, going through Christian dating services and and singles groups, you know, just for the purpose of finding a spouse and, and all that kind of stuff. And all it does is tends to get them into relationships that are not God-ordained. If you look closely at how Americans approach the concept of dating, it's obvious that these ideas don't line up with Scripture. Because dating in America is almost exclusively driven by an obsession with personal happiness and getting what we want. As Christians, we have to be radically different from the world when we approach romantic relationships. Obviously, abstaining from sex before marriage, but it goes much deeper than that. Today we look at how Christians should seek not only to find a good spouse, but to please God in the whole process, so that their relationships honor God and reveal that He is trustworthy in all things. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Nate Dancer. This is Purity for Life. As humans, we have a strong, God-given impulse to love and be loved. One man, one woman, happily ever after. There's something about that that just makes us feel really good. But our world today is literally drowning in deception, and we need to be immersed in the Word of God if we're going to recognize the devil's counterfeits to God's good gifts. In our first segment today, Brad Fergus and Mike Johnston turn to the subject of dating. What's really behind the modern American concept of dating, and also, what does Scripture have to say about this important topic? Brad Fergus has joined me in the studio. Brad, thanks for coming in. It's good to see you. Good to see you too, Mike. Brad, we're not going to make any friends in our discussion today. Well, we might make a few. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll make some converts. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to talk about this subject, dating. What does God think? And why don't we start off, uh, kind of give us an overview of where we are in our culture today when it comes to dating. Oh, well, okay. Let's go for it. Well, first off, I'll, I'll say I really thought this through. I don't see... An example of dating in the Bible. <gasps> <Heresy. Anywhere. laughs> see, we've already made enemies. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't see dating in the Bible anywhere, and definitely not the sort of dating that's in our contemporary mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. That's just true, and, and anyone who has ears to hear who's a believer can agree with me. We really take a good look at it, as we're going to do here. What I'd say is just in our society, dating is kind of like test driving a car. People just are casually seeking out a series of fun, commitment-free adventures. They just mm-hmm. want to just have fun. Is what you do, mm-hmm. you know. When you come of age and you're able to go out and hang out with your friends and date and all the things that come along with it, and uh, it's only gotten more and more out of control since the sexual revolution of the '60s, which kind of began, I believe, to. <laughs> Rather than usher in, it ushered out this idea of courtship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in every generation, every generation had it, its problems, but this issue of uh, dating and courtship, the sexual revolution just kind of 
got rid of the the wholesome notion of courtship. Mm-hmm. What courtship used to look like, it, it brought structure to both parties so they could get to know each other before encountering emotional and physical entanglements that we, we see going on today. Mm-hmm. But in our culture, whether you're professing Christianity or you're just living, dating is just something you do if you're single and of age. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the thing to do. And some people are a little bit more purposeful. It's not just a recreation. <laughs> some people are, it's their reason for living. You mm-hmm. know, they're on a desperate search to find their soulmate. And many of them are miserable, I believe, because they're, they're not finding the one. Mm-hmm. So I, I've said all of this and we got to find the Lord somewhere, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, in all this to help us. Well, let me ask you, you, you mentioned uh, the two motives involved in, in dating as we see it in our culture today, either recreational or for some who may genuinely be desperate to find uh, their soulmate. Are either one of those really pleasing to the Lord? Definitely approaching the whole dating scene being a recreation is definitely displeasing to the Lord. Now, if someone is desperately seeking or desiring a mate, there's nothing wrong with that as long as the Lord is first, mm-hmm. and it's not an issue of obsession or idolatry. I think there are scriptures to support the blessing it is in, in having a mate or finding a mate. But I think a person who is in a desperate search, they should be desperately seeking Mm. the mate that God has chosen for them and, mm. and choosing God's best rather than just the whole notion of having a soulmate. Mm. Well, let's look at a, a biblical directive about what really the Lord would, would have a single person focus on in this area. Scripture in Second Timothy three sixteen and 17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I believe when it comes to the issue of desiring a mate, this equipped for every good work, there's a way to go about it that's um, good and and pleasing to the Lord. And singles should look to God's Word, His all-sufficient Word, to find out how how they best can glorify God in this area of their, their lives. Because I believe, as my own testimony, you can have a desire to be married and the Lord will ask you to put that desire on hold mm-hmm. and just wait and, and trust him, sit at his feet and serve him. And, and depending on your relationship with the Lord and your des- whatever level of desire you have to please him, you'll listen. Mm-hmm. You won't get so anxious like, all right, I believe this is a season the Lord just wants me to wait on him. And mm-hmm. I'm his sweetheart and he just wants me to focus on my relationship with him right now. Mm-hmm. And juxtapose that, that focus on the Lord and seeking him Juxtapose that with what really is at the root or at the heart issue of contemporary dating. Contemporary dating, basically, to heart, it's driven by just lust mm-hmm. and self-centeredness. It can be very destructive emotionally, physically, spiritually to both parties. And so when you look at it through the lens of Scripture, this whole basic philosophy of modern dating, it's all unbiblical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about playing the field to discover what you want in a spouse, searching someone to meet all your needs and desires and uh, finding the right person for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, the question would be is, where is the Lord yeah. in all this? If you're at the center and your desires and what you want and what you're looking for. It's the self-life. You, yeah, it, all self. Yeah, yeah. 
And as you know, as we talk with the men that come into our our live-in program, you know, regardless of, of what flavor of sexual sin they may be involved in, it's mm-hmm. the same thing that we see: mm-hmm. is that self-life, focus on self, what mm-hmm. I want, what I need. Mm-hmm. But really, what should the focus be of a single Christian? The focus should be, Lord, what's your mindset on this issue of of dating, mm-hmm. or when it comes to dating? And the scripture that comes to mind is Philippians two three through five, it says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And when you just look at that passage there and Mm -hmm. you think of two people coming together to get to know each other, Mm -hmm. it would be great if everyone would come to the table with this passage in mind and said, okay, I want to get to know this person, but I don't want to do anything or bring anything into this whole um, scenario of getting to know this person that would cause them to stumble, uh, that would uh, cause me to bring something into the situation that that's self-serving um, because it might not go anywhere. And I want to be able to walk away from it knowing that this person is, hasn't been tarnished or defiled because of my own selfishness or, or my pride or two people getting to know each other, and each party really, really taking a vested interest in another person and their needs. Mm -hmm. Many times just driven by emotion and lust or whatever, it's just selfishness. But this is a guiding scripture for any sincere believer who wants to approach this whole issue the right way. Yeah, amen. We're going to come back for the rest of that interview shortly, but let's shift gears slightly. Let's say that a guy has had a history of sexual sin and has really turned things around and now wants to know, how do I go about finding a spouse? This is probably a pretty common scenario, and we did have someone write into us with that very question. I hope this short conversation between Mike Johnston and Pastor Steve Gallagher is a help to you. Steve, we want to deal with a question today that uh, came from an individual that has a history of sexual sin, and their question really revolves around finding a spouse. After being involved in sexual sin, how does one go about finding a spouse? Well, there's a couple of different things that this guy should consider. You know, first of all, that just the importance of repentance. You know, when you are living in a lifestyle of repentance, it allows the Lord to go to work on restoring your innocence. And that's absolutely vital for a guy like this because, you know, guys that have been in sin and they're single and then all of a sudden they want to get their life together and they want to get married and all that. And then in their mind, they're going straight from this single life filled with perversion right into married life. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand that their interior world needs to go through a complete upheaval, a complete changeover. Well, it's been just completely corrupted inside if they've been involved in sexual sin. Right, and they just tend to think, well, I'll just get married. But they don't understand that they'll bring that corruption into the marriage. So the first thing he has to do is just let God do his work transforming him inside as a person. Okay, Steve, so after this individual has begun to allow the Lord to do a work in his inside world, is there anything else that uh, you would share with him that would be a benefit to him? Well, one of the things that really stands out to me about his question is, how does one find a spouse? Mm -hmm. And I really want to address that for a second, because 
You know, Mike, if you're walking with the Lord and you're in his will, you don't have to be concerned about finding a spouse. God's going to do it for you. You know, if you are in his will, he is going to bring, assuming, of course, it's his will, but I would assume so, that he is going to bring the right person for this man into his life, you know? So I really want to stress this because there's so many Christians out there that are trying to take it into their own hands, you know, going through Christian dating services and and singles groups, you know, just for the purpose of finding a spouse and, and all that kind of stuff. And all it does is it tends to get them into relationships that are not God-ordained. And it's so much better to just really pray about it, put it into God's hands and trust him with the whole situation and just get on with his life with God. And I have seen it happen so many times when a guy is willing to do that, that the Lord brings mis- perfect into his life. He could have never found this girl himself, you know, by his own efforts. Uh, But by allowing the Lord to do it, he ends up with the girl that he's meant to have. Well, you know, we're so prone, particularly in America today, to try to take control of things ourselves. And this is just another one of those areas where we just don't seem to be wanting to trust God to have control over our lives. Yeah, well, you know, it it kind of touches on a larger issue, which is people say they put their trust in God, but do they really? You know, and and these are the kinds of situations. This is an enormous decision for a person that you are going to live with the consequences for the rest of your life with that decision. We say we trust the Lord, but yet even with monumental decisions like this, we immediately, really the fact is most people trust themselves, not the Lord. We see so many examples in scriptures of the consequences, the very profound consequences sometimes of not trusting the Lord and doing things that maybe not even seem evil in and of themselves, but just going our own way, acting in our own will. And uh, certainly the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added unto you. Yeah, that's right. So good advice, Steve. Thanks so much. Hope that'll be an encouragement and hopefully some wise direction to those out there who may be seeking a spouse. Steve Gallagher, thanks so much. Great to be with you, Mike. As Pastor Steve discussed, an attitude of repentance and trust in God is essential for a Christian to pursue relationships with a radically different mindset than those in the world. And I think that part two of our earlier interview will help to shed more light on what it looks like to put those values into practice. Brad, we want to continue looking at the article you wrote for our e-zine entitled, Dating, What Does God Think? In your article, you outline three areas that could be used as a kind of game plan for any believer who is considering a relationship. Let's walk through those. All right. Well, just the three. A believer must be prayerful, must be purposeful, and must be passionate for purity. So we want to begin with prayerful. Definitely pray. Mm-hmm. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And and being prayerful about courting someone or getting to know someone that could possibly be your mate requires you to really humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm bringing this petition before you and not expecting you to co-sign what's already in my heart. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to um, add with this that when you're praying for a spouse, 
an earnest Christian should consider two passages of Scripture. The first one is Amos 3.3. It says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Mm. And then the other one is 2 Corinthians 6.14. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Mm -hmm. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And so I would tell someone... There's no need to pray (laughs) about entering into a relationship with someone who is lost in darkness, walking in sin and compromise. It's clear here. Now, definitely pray for the person that they would come into something real. And I think that would be the beginning of you really caring about them Mm -hmm. and not yourself. But many times I've heard it where people are willing to look over the obvious because of what they want. Willing to compromise. Yeah, willing to compromise, Mm -hmm. and that's just unwise. So again, no need to pray if there's you're not equally yoked with this this person. Yeah. The second point you brought out was that they need to be purposeful. What did you mean by that? Being purposeful from the onset is to cut across this kind of casualness that has come with the whole dating scene where, hey, we're just getting to know each other. We're just kind of hanging out where there's no commitment, there's no... No seriousness about it, and, and either party can get hurt in a situation like this, and, and the enemy can definitely have a field day. Mm-hmm. But being purposeful, meaning if there's someone you're interested in, I think you should be purposeful. Okay, I would like to go out with them. Um, I've heard some good things about them. They seem to, to love the Lord. i got to get to know them. And then you get to know this person, and there's something in your heart. You're drawn to them. And when two people progress to the point that they're, I would say, wanting a court— they need to establish that this friendship is serious and we are committed to prayerfully seek and discover God's will about marriage in the future. We're going to submit to authority and, and, and bring this relationship into the light mm-hmm. and be purposeful about it so that it can kind of cut away a lot of snares when yeah. you're not purposeful because the enemy wants to set you up Yes, in a courtship situation. Yeah, not to mention our own flesh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we easily fall into delusion. <laughs> when we're madly courting somebody. <laughs> and, and, and then one, a good example, well, I would say a young man who's purposeful should establish in the beginning guidelines to the relationship. Uh, we're going to pray together, mm-hmm. and we're going to do our best to guard one another's hearts. We're not going to be a stumbling block. And I think the guy needs to lead off. If he's anticipating mm-hmm. someday becoming the priest of the home, he needs to lead by example. Yeah. Because what can happen is, and this is sad, and I'm going to say this, um, it's sad when you see a young lady leading the relationship. Mm. Already mm-hmm. it's something distorted. It's not mm-hmm. God's design. God has designed it for the man to lead off, not dictate and, and rule in that mm-hmm. way, but the young man or man should be leading off in the relationship, and a yeah. woman should look for that. Yeah. And if I could, I would just mention, too, the importance of involving your spiritual leaders in the very early stages of your relationship. Yeah. The things I've seen over the years, let's say, let me give you an example, that you meet someone and you really like, you know, maybe this is God. And you bring this to your leaders and they look at you with love. And <laughs> what are you like, thinking? <laughs> no, you're not seeing things right. Yeah. Or maybe they may say you're not ready for something like that. Mm. Because we ha- all have blind spots and we right. can't see things. And our leaders, many times, they they can't see everything, but they're pretty dead on, you yeah. know, godly leaders that, that are in our lives. 
Yeah. And even if they're missing it, well, God knows how to speak to them. Right. You know, he'll bring them to where they need to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You pray for them with sincerity and love and (laughs) humility. (laughs) Lots of humility. (laughs) Lots of humility. (laughs) Well, Brad, on your third point here, you said being passionate, and I'm glad you added for purity. (laughs) Passionate for purity. And I put here, insert a megaphone. Yes. (laughs) It must be a hallmark for any courtship between a Christian man and, and woman. Over the years, I've dealt with single guys who regret a long history of sin and pornography and just giving over to their flesh. They realize how many girls they've corrupted, or maybe there's maybe only been one girl, mm-hmm. and how they went, maybe not all the way, but going anywhere in the area of, of sexual sin has been damaging to them and to the young woman. And so I would say to any man or woman, be passionate for purity. It has to be a must mm-hmm. because it may not work out. You may discover as you're getting to know each other that nah, we're not really equally yoked or I'm not willing to commit to this person. For or, life or I'm not seeing God being in this. I'm not seeing mm-hmm. God in this. And so if you're passionate for purity, you can walk away, still yeah. be friends, your brothers and sisters in the Lord, but you're not defiled. There's not a connection that's still with that other person, which so many people experience, you know, yeah. um, when we commit sexual immorality, we sin against our bodies. Mm-hmm. And how many come to the table, at least those that, that I've experienced and I see in my own life, there's been a lot of sin in the body because of sexual impurity. And so, again, being passionate for purity for Jesus, mm-hmm. not to yeah. be self-righteous and right. not to be some noble reason for doing it. And you said some vow at a camp or something, passionate for purity because you want to please Jesus. Yes. And really, in all areas of our in life, all, all areas exactly. should be true, true for a believer. So Brad, as you're talking through these three areas, being prayerful, being purposeful from the outset, being passionate for purity, if I could wrap all that up together, what I really hear you talking about is the need for the single to be sure of what's going on in their heart. It's a heart issue. Yeah, it's all, it all comes down to what is your motive. Mm-hmm. And be honest about and, it. Be real honest. Yeah. You know, if it's only, well, I'm lonely. And you need to be honest about it, but then you need to look to Scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're lonely and that's your only reason for really pursuing it, then you're going into it unbalanced. It's selfish. Um, if you're going into it, of course, for some physical, emotional fulfillment, again, that's just all self. But if you're like, Lord, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. I do desire companionship. But Lord, whatever the case may be, I want your best and I want to glorify you even in this area. Mm-hmm. And a person who is moving toward marriage, again, start out, Lord, I want to glorify you from beginning to end. How I start this process off, everything in between, when I get to the altar and say my vows and beyond. And so that way, the posture of the heart is right from the beginning. Yeah, It's turned toward really glorifying the Lord. And, and, and again... It comes through prayer, just insisting, Lord, I'm a weak man, or for a young woman, I'm a weak woman. Lord, please help me to glorify you in this area. And if you fail in some way, and I'm not giving anyone reason to blow it, but let's say you don't do all these things perfectly, be willing to repent. Like, Lord, I'm not going at this right. I need to be purposeful. You know, I'm playing around here. And Lord, I need to be passionate for purity. I find my heart. I find myself getting close to the edge. Mm-hmm. Just be willing to turn back to the Lord and, and say, Lord, I, I want you to be glorified. Uh, in this situation. Yeah, amen. Well, Brad, you provided us some uh, with some good counsel. Hopefully we did provide some good guidance uh, for singles out there. Brad Burgess, 
Thanks so much for talking to us today about dating. What does God think? All right. It's great being here, Mike. I think those last words that Mike spoke are critical when it comes to approaching dating. What does God think? Proverbs says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. If you want to live a pure life, you must desire, truly desire God's will, and you must make that will the most important thing to you. This will enable you to avoid anything that is motivated by lust or a desire to just get something for yourself. If you approach dating with a commitment to do God's will, then you can be sure that he will guide your path. One last thing before we go. If you haven't already heard, we recently developed a smartphone app available on iPhone and Android. So if you love Purity for Life, but you're also interested in having access to our sermons, teaching videos, testimonies, and blogs, our app makes access to all of that content easy and free of the many temptations that are online. Just check it out wherever you download apps. That's all for today. We'll see you next time on Purity for Life. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.